Welcome to the Hire Yourself Podcast. If you're ready to take control of your destiny, build wealth, and live life on your own terms, this is the place for you. Each week, Nat and I will talk about business, franchising, and personal growth to help make you more successful. Good morning, Nat. Good morning, Pete. How are you doing? Oh my word, I'm pumped up today. Excellent. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, pumped up, man. I, I can't believe it. My All my kids are going to be home next week. So that's something special in our household because they're all off doing that adulting stuff. And so uh, I don't get that very often. So I am pumped up to have everybody home. That would be great. You think they'll let you uh, wash their cars and change the oil and everything? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's going to cost <laughs> me a fair amount in regards to dinners and stuff like that. So it's absolutely amazing that uh, the checkbook opens up when they come home. So it's all good. For sure. Good to have, for sure. Well, you know what? I'm also pumped up today because I've got a very special guest with us today. Uh, Jeff Moe is a candidate that I worked with, and he is so impressive uh, because he is building an empire. And he's a, he's the, uh, for lack of better terms, the owner of a Paul Davis franchise. And I thought we'd have some fun talking to him today. Sound good? That's great. Yeah, it's always fun to talk to franchise owners. Yeah. So, Jeff, welcome. Pete, thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. You know, as we've talked about before, you're something special. And you you had a really successful corporate career. Uh, God, how long were you with that company? 36 years? Yep. Okay. Okay. So, so you got this very successful corporate career as an executive. So, my first question for you is this what made you decide you wanted to you know leave the corporate world and become a, a franchise owner in the corporate world you get a lot of um a lot of really good training about business processes how to take care of customers i also worked with a lot of dealers and such in our business and some of these dealers uh, made pretty good money uh even though they started out maybe as a wrench turner they didn't have the level of sophistication of training as a result of that. So I always felt I could compete quite a bit um, yeah. from that standpoint. And part of it is I've, I've always been real accountable in the corporate world and owning your own business is the ultimate accountability. If bad luck happens, you own it. If good luck yeah. happens, you own it. If you make a bad decision, you own it. If you make a good decision, you own it. So I just felt it was time. It was time to um, start a second phase of my life. And I consider this part of retirement, although the hours are far from what you might think of as retirement hours. <laughs> yeah. And so that's yeah. just, that was the decision point. So what I heard you say is that, you know, you gained all this experience in the corporate world and you decided, Hey, I'm going to take this experience, this leadership skills, and I'm going to go build a business right of, of your own to, to set up your retirement, to set up your future, whatever you want. So, okay. So you, you decide, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the corporate world. So how did you come to the point to decide that Paul Davis was the franchise for you? So as I separated from my business and I looked at other corporate gigs, and I finally decided I wanted to have my own business. Um, I wanted something different from HVAC. Therefore, I wanted to franchise so they could bring business knowledge to my general knowledge. And the hand of God came in place, um, actually. And I met a guy named Pete Gilfillan. 
<laughs> and if I would have tried to sort through the bazillion franchise opportunities, I don't think there's any way I would have got here. But Pete, you were excellent at helping me identify four different alternatives. And the reason I chose Paul Davis is I knew the culture I wanted to build in a purpose-driven business. And what I found with Paul Davis is they're, they're a very strong culturally-based business and their mission, vision, values, and serving basics um, aligned with what I already wanted to do. So there's just very good alignment there. Secondly, Paul Davis is the preeminent, preeminent restoration business. They're the innovator. They're the high end. They don't cut corners. And that lines up with I did in the corporate world with the train company. Yeah. Same type business, same type of mentality. So you were able to help me um, put four different opportunities, sort through that. And I think another one might have been more lucrative for me, but that's not what I'm here for. It's all about purpose-driven, culture-based. And that alignment just showed they were going to be a good partner. And I've never had to reconsider that decision since I made it. Yeah. And I mean, they're kind of the industry leader from that standpoint. And you kind of touched on this, but I want to make sure we, we dig in a little bit deeper. So what do you think separates Paul Davis from all the other companies that play in restoration? Um, in the past eight years, Paul Davis has made a significant, a significant decision to look at bringing in business leaders who know business, who know how to take care of customers, who understand process, and they need to learn the business. So this is this is one thing that they were doing that I really liked because they want to bring in empire builders as opposed to an owner operator. And there's nothing th wrong with owner operators. The market share you get from empire builders is simply different. And yep. the growth um, opportunities you have is simply different. So, so that was one. Number two, um, Paul Davis leads the industry in training, not just amount of training, but the type of training. Um, for example, I was at a training set section where there's a number of Paul Davis technicians and mitigation managers that had not been through training, but they had been doing work and um, significant experience. And when they were being trained at Paul Davis headquarters, there was a lot of learnings they got that they weren't doing because Paul Davis is training for, for the utmost of how we take care of our customers, right? We don't yeah. cut corners, but we also don't do work that's not of value for the customer. So training is the second thing. Um, and third really is, is first is um, culture will trump strategy eight days a week. Yeah. And their culture is very, very strong. And not only does culture trump strategy, culture differentiates your company more strongly than does strategy because it's more difficult to copy culture. Um, and I would say predominantly those, those three things are what really drives the biggest differentiation. Yeah. So number one is the infrastructure, right? You have the ability to build an empire, right? Number two is that they got incredible training, kind of best in class training. And number three, it's, it's a culture that you know nobody can compete with. Did I get that right? Yeah. Awesome. So let's now talk a little bit about being a franchisee. So, you know, as you as you kind of stepped into this role, what traits do you think are required to be a successful franchisee? Number one, never give up. Okay. Number two, never give up. 
number three, never give up. Let me see if I got so, this right. I, I, I'm a slow learner, but would it be yeah. never give up? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you got that. So so that so so that's one. But but the other part of it is I think you need a very very clear vision built into uh, time periods. What are you doing one year? What are you doing two year? What are you doing three year? Where do you want to be year five? Where do you want to be year ten? Right. All right. So that, it's about work. Yeah. So it's about working hard, right? And you got to be tenacious and then you got to have a plan and you got to be very methodical about how you're going to build the business. Absolutely. Now, now next from that, of course, you have to have the culture that really comes first. But you also have to understand that if you have the right people, you can do anything. If you don't have the right people, you can't do anything. So yeah. you need to understand it, it's kind of motherhood and apple pie, but it, it's really all about the people. And in addition to that, process will trump talent. So vision, strategy, the right people, the right process, and then building a culture of accountability. And then lastly, running a tight, efficient ship. Yeah. Those are the things I believe that are necessary for success in a small business or, frankly, any business. And one of the things we talked about in the past is this getting talent, right? It's such an important role in your success. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on acquiring talented team members to, to come into your system, to follow the processes, to join your culture. Give me some thoughts on that. Um. So... Uh, what I'm going to say comes from learning. I've had some uh, quite significant mistakes so far of hiring. That's on me. Okay. So now I use two assessment tools. Uh, one assessment tool is something called the culture index, which mm -hmm. provides a profile of someone's traits. And those profiles are typically aligned with success in a very specific job. So you want to match job and profile. It takes 10 minutes for them to do it. It's my number one triage. If the profile is wrong, I don't care uh, what the resume is. I don't care recommendations. I'm not doing it, period. Secondly is something called Caliper. And Caliper takes more than a couple hours to, um, to do the survey. And, and <clears throat> Caliper is much, much, much more detailed. It talks about it rates the people's strengths on a scale of 1 to 100. It rates their weaknesses which would be below 50 as an example. It provides behavioral-based interview questions to understand their weaknesses to see if it matters or not. Um, and it provides, um, here's suggestions on how you should manage that person. So between the culture index and between Caliper, I found that weeds out approximately 80% of the candidates I get in. So therefore you need volumes of candidates coming in. Um, then we put them through a behavioral-based interview question, uh, really focus on culture and really try and make sure that their culture aligns with our culture. Not can we teach them our culture, but does it already align? Yeah. And the one so thing it's, I yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say the one last thing I didn't mention earlier as part of the culture is the number one thing in our culture is I want to hire people that get energy out of serving others in time of need. 
That's yeah, the that... dominant thing. Without serving others in time of need, we're not here. Without doing that better than everyone else, we can't grow and build an empire. So it really all circles around serving customers in time of need. So it sounds like you spend a lot of time and money to find people that are the right uh, match for your culture. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So let me ask you this. So, you know, you've made the journey. You took the leap from being a corporate executive to becoming a franchisee, right? And so what advice would you give to other people that are considering leaving their corporate job and investing in a franchise business? Um, uh, make sure you have a capital strategy in place. You understand what you're really going to need. Uh, I did a lot of vetting with other Paul Davis owners before I did this. Um, after I did that vetting and after I started putting together my real three-year plan, I found out the cash I need was about three times what I thought because I wasn't vetting other empire builders. So make sure you understand the cash needs of the business. People don't go broke by not being profitable. People grow broke by not having cash. Yeah. So initially when you start out, it's all about cash flow. Number one. Number two, make sure you get the right partner. Um, if you want to do it your own, that's fine. A franchise, a franchisor will take money out of your pocket, but they're also bringing value to your business and knowledge and ability to scale quicker than if you're doing it all by yourself. So that's a choice to make, doing it all by yourself versus franchisee. Um, and then second, just make sure you understand that it is all about the people and it's all about the processes. And above and beyond all that, it's all about the culture. And you have to be conscious about building the culture because if you're not conscious, you are building a culture. Yeah, it just maybe may not, not the one you don't want. Yeah, absolutely. So what I heard you say is it's it's number one, it's kind of picking the right partner uh, from that standpoint. Uh, and certainly from that standpoint, then you can kind of build upon culture and, and all that good stuff. So, okay, excellent. So I, I want to take a go a little broader now. So what would be the best advice somebody's ever given you? Based on the significant of a couple bad hires I made, um, integrating the culture index into the entire hiring process. This is pretty tactical, but it's been an enormously important tactical input into our hiring process. So, so that's been that's been number one. Okay. Um, the Paul Davis Franchisee Network is a family, and um, they, they don't just say that, they live that. I've not yet had one franchisee that hasn't been over backwards to provide advice and input. I, I can't necessarily single out any one, Pete, mm -hmm. because I've had so many phenomenal pieces of advice. I've adjusted my strategy six times significant, in significant areas since I started. First strategy was based on a bunch of ignorance. And um, the fact that you adjust one strategy significantly based on input shows that that's pretty darn good advice. Yeah. So again, okay. I can't really single it out because yeah. there's been so many of them and there's still so many I'm getting right now. It's just be open, be open to know that you're ignorant in certain areas and copy best practices versus try and create your own. Okay. So I heard three things. Uh, number one is be very 
specific in the way in which you hire using tactical things. Number two is be always be open to getting uh, feedback or advice from other franchisees, that whole network, right? Uh, and number three, again, is this kind of the overall culture, just making sure it, it's aligned. All right. Here's one for you. What is your favorite book? Lord of the Rings trilogy and um, Tale of Two Cities. Tale of Two Cities. Okay. And what uh, what do you like about Tale of Two Cities? Why should somebody read that book? Dickens is an absolute literary genius. And it's hard to choose whether Tale Between Tale of Two Cities, David Copperfield, et cetera, et cetera, because it's genius in all of them. Yeah. But my family and I lived in France for three years. So I'm a Francophile. So just the richness of Tale of Two Cities, what was going on in France and England at the time, and seeing that cultural shift and kind of what has created that led to De Gaulle, that led to um, the culture in parts of what they have today. There's a lot of romanticism and very emotional. And so that's why you have the, the richness of Dickens along with the specific English, um, French culture at the time. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'll have to pick it up and read it. That sounds excellent. And is there a thought leader or somebody that you follow, like a Tony Robbins or anything, or a Simon Sink? Is there anybody you kind of follow out there? Not necessarily from that standpoint. I've identified mentors over my career at times. Um, the other thing I do is I read a lot. And I read a lot of biographies. And so instead of spending a lot of time reading business books, although I do read some of those, um, I try and learn from other leaders. um, And I get that through biographies. So if you look at what Franklin Delano Roosevelt did as an example, if you look at what Napoleon did as an example, um, and, and just pull bits and pieces both, learnings from what they did right. Secondly, learnings from what they did wrong. And so I'd say I'm more learning based on that and a few yeah. other mentors than from um, the, the type of leaders you had referenced. Yeah, that's excellent, right? And I think it, the idea is if we're always learning, especially learning from history, right? Sometimes we forget history and you know, yeah. we it's painful to forget it because it, it happens again, for sure. Well, Bottom line is, I, I'm super excited for you. It sounds like you're going to build an empire with your Paul Davis franchise. And so I wish you much success. And it's been so much fun uh, getting to know you and sharing your story with with all of our listeners. Vice versa. I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you, Pete. And you've been very helpful. You've been what I believe was, was a godsend into me along with a few other things that led to this point. So thank you for your help. You are welcome. All right, sir. Have a great day and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.